1: Good morning, it is time to get up with the Super Bowl. We'll show you the remarkable similarities between the Eagles and the Chiefs that makes this game impossible to predict. Plus, it's Peyton's place in Denver as Sean makes it clear he's the boss. We'll ter- tell you the direct message he sent to Russell Wilson yesterday and the King's disappointment. LeBron lets everyone know exactly how he feels about the Lakers' inability to get Kyrie. Kyrie. Welcome to Get Up on this Tuesday morning. I am Dan Graziano. We have a crew. Look at this. I got Ninkovich. I got Foxworth. I got Tannenbaum. I got Legler. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some basketball. And that's where we start in the NBA with the game of the night. Next, Clippers. Nets head coach Jock Vaughn it's the Nets first game since the Kyrie Irving trade and Kevin Durant is watching from the sidelines that lets you know how things are going in Brooklyn third quarter tie game at 77 Cam Thomas Tim with the pull up mid-range jumper
2: it got real comfortable if you need something with the trading deadline just look down at the end of your bench you'll find something like Cam Thomas here he is with a three less than a minute later
1: Nets go into the fourth quarter down by three however Four and a half minutes left in the fourth. Cam Thomas doing everything he can. Nets down by one. There's another mid-range jumper and the foul. Yeah, 21 years old and could not look more comfortable as being the go-to guy, which he has been the last couple of nights. Back-to-back 40-point games for Thomas. 47 in this one, under three minutes to go. Clippers trail by two, but Kawhi Leonard spots up from deep
2: and hits the three. Yeah, if you haven't been paying attention, Kawhi Leonard is putting together a stretch right now. That makes the Clippers a real dangerous threat in the West. Finding
1: Zubats there, who throws down the dunk. Clippers extend the lead to five. Under a minute to go, Clippers looking to pull away. Paul George turns it over. Here's Cam Thomas, but he misses this one. (laughs) Lefty spot. Leonard gets the rebound, passes it to Reggie Jackson. who Throws down the dunk. Clippers go on to win it. 124-116. Here is Jacques Vaughn after the game, addressing the Kyrie trade
3: with the media. My interactions with with Ky have always been positive. I enjoyed coaching him. I'll keep it that simple. We've had some ups and downs along the way. I've also seen him grow as an individual and be a better teammate than when I first met him. So for me, I'm always look at the good in people and want the good in people, and I want him to succeed. But he
1: also wants the Nets to succeed, and Vegas doesn't think they're going to anymore. On Friday morning before the trade request, the Nets had the second shortest odds to win the title behind only the Celtics. Those odds have plummeted all the way to plus 2,000, which gives the Nets the 11th shortest odds, according to Caesars Sportsbook, We're going to have much more hoops with legs later in the hour, but now we move to football because we are just five days away from the Super Bowl. It's between the Chiefs and the Eagles, in case you haven't heard already. The Chiefs had the most passing yards this season, while the Eagles allowed the fewest. It is the third Super Bowl matchup between the top units in those categories. It's also the third time ever that the top two defenses in terms of sacks have met in the Super Bowl. Philly had a whopping 70 sacks in the regular season. KC had the second most with 55. And the two highest fourth quarter QBR marks this season belong to Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts and Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes playing in his third Super Bowl. He won one and he lost one. Last night he talked about the one he lost two years ago to Tampa.
3: That loss, that stings. That motivates you for years. And uh, that's what it's done for me is, it's motivated me to be back in this game again. Um, And I want to make sure that I can have that winning feeling, not that losing one, because that that losing feeling is one that you'll never forget.
1: It'll be quite a challenge for Mahomes. These two teams are very evenly matched. They have identical win-loss records. They've scored the same number of points, and they have the exact same number of all-pro selections. Even our analytics are split right down the middle, giving each of the two teams in Sunday's Super Bowl a 50% chance to win, uh, which makes it just about as good a matchup as you could possibly imagine uh, so we have to talk about the margins right like what what makes the difference, what are the key matchups in this game? What are you looking at, Nick?
3: I think it's easy. The one time I've seen Patrick Mahomes like really struggle in an important game it was because the offensive line came up small. And in this game, I think the offensive line that they have now is much better than that line that they had against the Bucks. but they're going up against a defensive line. And the Philadelphia Eagles that you mentioned, they had 70 sacks this year. They're relentless, and there's not one guy on that D-line, despite the fact that Hassan Redick is great, there's not one guy on that D-line that is overpowering. They just have... Lines and lines of D-linemen that'll come after him. So Patrick is good at avoiding sacks. That offensive line is much more talented, but I think the story of this game is going to be told about who wins in the trenches. What do you think, I agree with that, and I think more individualized, it's Reddick
4: versus Wiley, and Wiley is like the weak link here at tackle. Let me go down the list. Okay, Brown, tackle, 18th overall rank. Tooney, 6th overall length. The center, number one overall rank. Smith, 11th. Wiley, 63rd. Uh Uh-oh. 63rd. So when you're going against Reddick, he already has three and a half sacks in the postseason. That leads the Eagles franchise in, in the history of playoffs. He's got 19 and a half on the season with combined play from the season and the playoffs. So you know he is going to be the guy that's going to be getting after it. And of the 11 sacks that Patrick Mahomes has had in the playoffs, eight of them have come from just a four-man rush. Mm. So of those 11 sacks in all their playoff losses, it's going to be vital that this offensive line is able to stop that pass rush.
0: One way to keep the rush off him is the uh, is the run game. What do you think yeah. about that? And Dan, to and Nico's point, like that the part is fascinating to me. Will Andy Reid break a tendency as a strategist? He only likes to run the ball a third of the time. But their their best matchup may be Isaiah Pacheco, who rushes for 4.88 yards per carry against a very suspect Philadelphia Eagle run defense. That was 24th in the NFL. So if there's a vulnerability on this great eagle defense, it's stopping the run. So the juxtaposition of that versus what Andy Reid likes to do, which is to throw early, to me, is the fascinating part of this strategy. So your argument is
3: to take the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes. I think the Eagles would like that game plan, too. Uh, I'd be be happy to let Patrick figure it out against that pass rush, honestly.
0: But but that's what's the interesting part to me, which is the best way to slow down a pass rush is to run the ball. I don't want to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, but that's why I'm so fascinated by the strategist of Andy Reid. How will he approach this game?
1: Mahomes has been playing hurt. He's on that sprained ankle, right? They activated Clyde Edwards Hilaire from IR yesterday, so they're a little Screen. deeper at running back. Screen. Maybe, maybe Andy's gonna
4: break that tendency you're talking about. I don't know. What do you think? I like, so you think about a pass rush. You have to earn the right to pass rush. So mm-hmm. to get to third down, to get third and long, you have to be able to. Stop the run easily. I mean, if, if you are playing a Patrick Holmes that is mobile, right? Is what is his ankle going to look like? Because the last time we saw him play, when he was rolling to his left, had to had yeah. to actually plant on that foot and throw the, the ball down the field. He came up limping, and you could see the grimace on his face. So, with these two weeks here, yeah. how recovered is that ankle in the two weeks that he's had? You know, that's going to be vital to yeah. see because as a pass rusher, I can I can tell you this firsthand. When you're going against a quarterback that can extend plays, and we you know this in the secondary, once that quarterback gets out of the pocket, it's so hard. (laughs) It's impossible. (laughs) It's basically impossible. So it's going to come down to the pass rush. Number one, stop the run. Then you can pin your ears back, but not getting behind the quarterback and letting Patrick Mahomes run around.
1: And we'll see how, that, how much better that ankle looks after that extra week of rest yep. you get uh, before the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, on planet Earth, look, I, I don't know if you heard, but Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center, and Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs tight end, are brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl. So if you're their mother, what do you do? Uh, you, br- you bring them cookies. Aww, and that is exactly what Donna Kelsey did. Has- what, what are we looking at here? Do we see it? or imagining what it Just might like. Just like mom, oh, she knows her
5: boy's has a big battle. She comes bearing gifts. Come on in here, mom. Come on in here, mom.
1: So, that's Donna Kelsey bringing her children cookies at Super Bowl opening night, which is just about as wholesome, Dominique Foxworth, as you can get, isn't it? Those
3: yeah, are... that's pretty wholesome. I mean, I, she hugged Jason first, so I, I might be <laughs> Jason it. first. Oh,
1: we have a theory that she might be rooting for Jason. Regardless, the cookies look fantastic. Next stop is Denver, where the Broncos introduced Sean Payton yesterday as their new head coach. Payton will coach Russell Wilson, who's coming off a rough year. Uh, and he was actually asked if Wilson could continue to have personal trainers and Quarterback coaches with him at the Broncos facility, as he apparently did this past year. Let's hear what Sean had to say. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Heaps, <laughs> in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah,
5: I'm not too familiar with that.
1: How do you feel about
3: um, players having their own people off the staff in the building, access to
5: players? Yeah,
0: that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Man, put that, he put that
1: right on a oh tee. He's like, Sean, oh this boy. is a ball on a tee.
0: Go ahead and hit this one. What, what do you think? Hey, it's a new day. It's a new sheriff in town. It's a new standard. And obviously, he's trying to set a culture here. You know, he's a Bill Parcells disciple, and that was Bill Parcells 101, which is it's players and coaches, and there will be accountability. You just hope for the sake of a relationship that maybe Russell Wilson Knew that was coming, but that, that was cer- certainly a, a shot across the bow. That's what I thought. Like, as he talked to Russell about this, you would hope so,
3: no? It, it appears that it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it, it seems clear to me that the, the money that we understand that they're paying him and bringing him in, it's his team now. And it seems that the, he's going to run the organization in a way that I think we all went into this thinking they better get somebody who's going to get the best out of Russell Wilson. It seems that Sean's given off the impression that he's going to run this program the way he runs it. If Russell fits into it, then that's going to work. If not, we're just going to have to wait until this cap runs out and find somebody new to bring into that system. What do you think, Nico? Yeah, uh,
4: I, I think it's going to be a tough experience for Russell Wilson. Ooh. Considering he was with Pete Carroll, who's like, hey, come on, guys. Hey, hey, hey. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to practice. We're going to run. I'm going to feel good. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and then he's going to Sean Payton. It's like, yeah, that's. Uh... Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen.
3: I mean, as, right. as long as they, as long as Sean Payton is still has, I mean, he's only been away for a short period of time, yeah. one season. But as long as he still has the offensive acumen that he had in the past, like I have full faith that they'll be able to get this on track. And then the coaches, all this other stuff won't matter. As long as you win football games, nothing else matters. And I think they have the talent, the coach and maybe the quarterback to do that.
1: Maybe the quarterback. But what, what do you think is the biggest the, the biggest thing that has to happen here for a Russell Wilson turnaround under Sean Payton?
0: It's easy. The offensive line has to play better, and it has to be firm. When Drew Brees came over to the Saints, he was a disappointment. He had a shoulder surgery, yeah. and there was a lot of questions about you know how good he was. And what Sh- uh, Sean Payton did for a decade was they had a firm pocket and let Drew Brees step up in the pocket, and he went on to have, obviously, a Hall of Fame career. For Russell Wilson, he's a height-deficient quarterback. Same thing. Keep the pocket firm. Let him step up. He could obviously make great plays outside the pocket, but that only works if you have a good structure, and I'm sure that's what Sean Payton's job number one is going to be.
1: All I heard all year was that Russell can't
4: play in structure. Do you think it can work under Payton? So the, 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 the tough part is, in 2006, I was drafted. I was that first draft class with the Saints. So right. coming into that environment, it was very much so a hard line. What's in the past is over. We're moving forward. We're creating something great here. We're going to create a winning culture. And how do you do that? You have to get rid of that old stuff, all that baggage. you got to get rid of the baggage and create something new. So it, there's going to be some growing pains here. And guys that are on this team that are, that are really good football players aren't going to be there because either their attitude or their accountability or how they, how they go about their business day to day.
3: Yeah I think that when you have a quarterback like Russell the the outer structure stuff you need to train or help him understand that that's to bail us out. Right. And you need to make quick decisions especially when your athleticism starts to wane which happens to everybody and it's clear that some of that's happened to Russell. His outer structure stuff is as good as anyone's in the league when he's at his best but you don't want to live on that no one wants to make a complete diet of that even when he was in um, when he was in Seattle they were much more run focused than then he would do the outer structure stuff before it seemed like last year they had an offense that didn't have much uh, easy pass, it didn't have many easy passes in it, and Russell was trying to make more happen than he can. So I think one thing we know about Sean Payton is he's going to have a structured offense that allows for quick, easy decisions for Russell. As long as he buys into that, and then when things break down, Make
1: some magic, and we'll see what happens. Like he always used to, and then last year couldn't do uh, really uh, much of either. The uh, Peyton Wilson marriage will be Uh. one of the most closely watched um, stories of the NFL offseason, and we'll obviously have much more on that as we go. We come back today, though, on Get Up. Is LeBron James really annoyed that the Lakers didn't get Kyrie Irving? And does he have the right to be? We'll talk about that. Plus, The question about Dak Prescott that absolutely fired up. Yes, you won't believe it. Michael Irvin was fired up. (laughs) Is he right about the Cowboys quarterback? Wait till you see Yeah, That's what you're going to see. We come back. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good.
6: eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to
7: follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! On Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaker.
1: Back on Get Up, it's time for Fact or Fiction. Dominique Foxworth, if I said Patrick Mahomes will finish his career with more Super Bowls than Tom Brady, is that fact or fiction?
3: That's an easy fiction. Like, Patrick Mahomes is incredible, but seven Super Bowls is more than a ton of franchises put together. Like, what happened in Tom Brady's career is like rare and almost impossible. It doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes can't be as good or better, but winning seven Super Bowls and going to 10 is absurd and we'll it'll never happen again. We'll I don't check
1: think. back six years from now after he's won six in a row. Nico, will Hurts get the Eagles back to the Super Bowl next year, next season?
4: A uh, fact. Why not? Ooh. Why not fact? I mean, you look at the Eagles and they're only going to go up from here, so definitely the NFC looks like it's going to be a little bit weaker than the AFC next year. Again, in their division, they seem to be the better team than the Cowboys, so why not? Sure, Get back to the Super Bowl. Sure, why not? Why not? Hardly
1: <laughs> anyone ever does, but that's cool. Mike Tannenbaum, <laughs> the you. Cowboys should extend <laughs> Dak Prescott.
0: Fact or fiction? Raj, that is absolutely a fact. The guy just won a road playoff game. And when you look around the league, 56 quarterbacks were drafted in the last five years. Of the 56, only eight of them are surefire hits. You're not going to find somebody better than him. Clean up his mistakes. They'll be happy that they have Hey, you know who else thinks the Cowboys
1: should extend Dak Prescott? Who's that? Who do you think? Mike. Michael Irvin. (laughs) He had something to say about this yesterday, and we would very much like you to listen.
5: I don't want everybody out here to fall into this mix and this mess that y'all perpetuate where everybody's coming in like, you gotta get rid of that, you gotta get rid of that and leave us sitting somewhere in purgatory, somewhere between heaven and hell without a quarterback for the next 15 years so y'all can stop this rhetoric and stop this mess because your virus will not get into our computer and get us out of the it fight. It already has. We will stay in the fight. and we It already be has. A-
0: So, stop it! I mean, like, there's just so much to unpack. I feel like my my, my take was so bad. Right, I mean, that's what we're looking for. Next time I ask you fact or fiction, I want
1: purgatory. I want viruses. Purgatory looks a lot like Camelback Mountain, by the way. I didn't know.
3: I mean, I. Is he right? He's absolutely right, and he's always right. He just is happy all the time. Like, yeah. there's nothing about being Michael Irvin that feels like it's wrong. But in this position, <laughs> uh, Dak Prescott, yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to go elsewhere and, and cross your fingers? Like, we know what it is in this league. It's, it seems very challenging to win without a quarterback. The one team that any of us believe has a chance to win without a legitimate quarterback in the 49ers. And you know what they've been trying to do? Get a damn quarterback. Get a quarterback. They've been trying to move heaven and earth to get that. So, yeah, you have a guy who won, as you mentioned, a road playoff game, lost on a short week on the road against the best defense. I think it's a bit absurd to be thinking that they could be better off if they move on from him.
1: If I can play devil's advocate, okay. not to incur the wrath of Michael <laughs> Irvin, uh, who's in Phoenix, I'll be in there. I don't, I don't want to run into him and get, get in trouble. Isn't there a zone that gets like, tricky to fall into where you're paying the quarterback at the top of the market, but he's not getting you where you need to go,
0: right? Like, I mean, this is where Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are. Yeah, They're, they're good, not great. That's fair, but here's how I would approach it from a team-building standpoint, Graz. I would sign him to an extension. That is a stabilizing move because you are in contention. You want a playoff game. And by the way, they were second and two at the plus-18-yard line. The game's tied up against the 49ers at the end of the first half they were right there but the other thing i would do guys i would consider drafting somebody else you know Nick, you already alluded to it brock purdy trey lance and jimmy g they have depth of that position it was when they lost their fourth quarterback to josh johnson that their season was over <laughs> so ridiculous. both things can be true guys you could have dak prescott and you could look to get another but look look at this graphic 56 quarterbacks have been drafted in the last five years and eight of 56 that's 14 percent you would say are surefire hits now, there's some guys like Tua Tongaloa, I left off that list because of durability. Yeah. Others, there's grades of incomplete. But that shows you how hard it is to draft a winning quarterback in the NFL.
1: Eight out of 56. And one of them is Minshew, by the way, which, I mean, I feel like you're being a little generous. Uh, but that, that further underlines your point. But they went four and one without Dak Prescott this year, right? I mean, like, it's not. And I'm not arguing they need to get rid of him. I'm just, like, I'm wondering if teams fall into this trap of, like, we need to have a quarterback we can't afford to risk the unknown.
4: Yeah, but haven't we seen a team pay a quarterback that they thought was really good, even get them to a Super Bowl and then move on from that player like Jared Goff. I mean, think about Jared Goff. They paid him a lot of money to be their franchise quarterback. They went to a Super Bowl and then they figured out, you know what, we don't think that he's going to elevate us to win a Super Bowl. So then what do they do? They ship him off. They go get Stafford, and then they go win a Super Bowl. So there's ways to figure it out. But I do think Dak is the best fit right now for the Cowboys. I don't think they should move on from him. So if they did extend him, there's ways to move a guy. You're saying all the time. even if they extend him, that yes. doesn't lock them
1: no. into him long term. No. I, I,
3: I would argue that they should lock themselves in long term right. to him and that the answer is improve the things around him. We have to accept that there That's are the tiers long. of quarterback, and Dak Prescott is not Patrick Mahomes. No one is. He may not even be on that next level, but he is really, really good. And if you improve the offensive line, I think that was when he was at his best. In his rookie year, he had great numbers when there was less pressure on him. You get him another receiver that can go on the other side, and this team is special. Their defense continues to play well, and they do have a chance.
0: And one other very simple fix, guys, 11 of his 17 interceptions or when they were tied, or had the lead. That's unacceptable. Manage him better, and only allow interceptions when you're behind. If they do that, they're right there with the Eagles. We'll see. Big changes around them, as we've discussed. Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator,
1: moving on to the Chargers. Mike McCarthy taking over the offense. We'll see if that helps Dak. Of course, as you guys mentioned, they do need to add a few pieces. When we come back, we'll talk a little more basketball. We'll talk about the Kings' disappointment. LeBron James lets everyone know exactly how he feels about the Lakers' inability to land Kyrie Irving. Plus, the stars align for Aaron Rodgers as his offseason takes a fascinating turn. Did you see what he did yesterday? We will discuss it when we come back. You won't
2: believe it.
7: There are people who believe that Aaron Rodgers would like to finish his career somewhere else. It
4: sounds
0: like there's already conversations going on that aren't involving me. If you're
4: Aaron Rodgers, you want to go to a place that you have a defense.
0: Not going to San Fran. You have to have a quarterback you can go win with. Vegas makes a lot of sense. Have you started recruiting Aaron Rodgers? Duh. Why would anybody not do that?
4: A
7: lot of Raider fans are encouraging me. We're having some fun with it.
1: Rodgers having a lot of fun these days, and yesterday his offseason took another interesting turn. Uh, he spoke at uh, this is a meanwhile on Planet Earth. He spoke at an astrology seminar on Monday, and uh, yes, I'm serious. This is uh, this is a little bit of a rundown of what went on during the astrology workshop that Aaron Rodgers uh, spoke at talking about um, you know learn how to be comfortable and happy in your own skin understanding your birth chart through the four elements you know typical Monday like like most <laughs> of that uh, and then here's here's Aaron at the, uh, speaking at the seminar uh, over a shot of his own birth chart um, I guess what is he a Sagittarius did we figure that out sa- Sagittarius so or sure. yes yeah, Sag- Mina Kimes was was following this on Twitter for a while and There was a tweet uh, she was interested in about Sagittarius. Right, Key dislikes feeling confined and being subject to rules, and you see there, Yes, Mina found that interesting uh, <laughs> I as well. Too. And Dominique Foxworth finds that interesting. And let, let's be honest, on some level, whether we like it or not, we all find this very interesting. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah, right,
4: exactly. I want to so know what Aquarius is.
1: What I do we like make? To... You want to
3: know what Aquarius Well, yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure you could have logged on to the seminar. <laughs> I mean,
1: slacking.
3: I think, well, uh, I'm not into astrology, but I mean, it's no weirder than a lot of other religions are. So if it works for him and it makes him feel comfortable, more power to you, Aaron Rodgers. And he does seem happier. But I he do does, think, actually. yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he seems happier. he seems in a better place, and if the stars and the moon can do that for you, then I'm happy for you. Then, And what Mina found suggests that maybe there's something to that. But anyway, I would suggest that Aaron Rodgers take his time and figure out what he wants to do, and The best place for him, in my view, is back in Green Bay. Well, I don't think
1: that he needs your encouragement to take his time (laughs) and figure out what he wants to do because it seems like that's his thing, right? The offseason comes along. He bops around all these places. He drinks some tea. He goes and checks out his star chart. If you're the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, what do you need to see and hear and when?
0: A deadline a week before the league begins, which is about March 7th, and here's why. We have jordan love we are going to move forward with jordan love we would love to have you back make about 60 million dollars aaron however you are not a free agent so if you want to play football and you want to talk about a trade we're going to do it before the start of the league year there's way too many moving parts for us to accommodate you in june july and august so if you want to play great we'd love to have you back if you want to be traded this is a three-way transaction i was part of it when we traded brett Favre. If you want to go to the Raiders and they're offering a seventh-round pick and the New York Jets are offering two first-round picks, we're not just going to allow you to go to the Vegas Raiders. So this is very complicated, and the key here, guys, is he is not a free agent. He's under contract. He is not going to retire. There's $60 million at stake, and this – to me is why the Green Bay Packers have the right to create a sense of urgency. They don't have the right. They lost that
3: right when they went and drafted Jordan Love. So Aaron does not need my permission to take his time, but I would (laughs) laugh in your face if I was Aaron Rodgers because he has the leverage. The reason why they were able to treat um, Brett Favre the way they treated Brett Favre was because Aaron Rodgers was cold. He was a great damn quarterback. And they're like, all right, go do whatever you want to do. If Jordan Love had been the player that they wanted him to be off the bat, they would have already gotten rid of Aaron Rodgers. So, like, all this tough talk from the Packers now, is like, eh. You, you signed up for this over and over again, and you took your shot, and you missed. But now that you missed, I'm in charge. Tough love. Tough love it is. Wake up. Like, you could draw a line in the sand and say, you know, we've been nice. We gave you all
4: this money, tons of money. I think it's I think it's fair if they said, "You know what?
3: You're either going to play for us or you're retired." That's not I don't disagree with you. Like it's fair to draw the line and saying and the point I'm making is that line don't mean nothing right. because you don't have an alternative. It, like your alternative is to go to a guy that you guys obviously didn't believe in or you wouldn't mm-hmm. have extended Aaron in the first place.
1: They've also spent the last couple off seasons pretty much giving him everything he wanted, exactly. including that contract that pays him 60 million a year. You don't think there's a chance he goes to them and says, Yeah, I would play, but only under the right set of circumstances, so we have to work together on a trade.
0: Right, and what I would say, that's fine, but again, once the league year begins in March, like, that ship has sailed and create a sense of urgency. And, Nick, I totally get your point that Green Bay made their bed when they drafted Jordan Love, but so did Aaron Rodgers when he signed that extension. He could have tried to void the contract and play for free agency. Understandably, he took $60 million. I'm not— Right. I, get you. Very, I
3: don't disagree with you on that, but my point is, if we're talking about leverage in this situation, which it can be like a friendly conversation and relationship, which it suggests that Aaron has been saying in the past that it's been better, but if you come in there with this hard line in the sand, then it makes it contentious, and when it gets contentious, you have to figure out who has the most leverage, and in my view, right now, Aaron Rodgers has the most leverage in this conversation, so Gutekunst right. and everybody else in that organization, they need to chill out. You knew what it was when you signed up. Aaron Rodgers has been like this since Aaron Rodgers has been in, in NFL you can't all of a sudden be like oh we need a firm answer he's never giving you a firm answer real quick
4: I think it gets contentious when careers are on the line because if you're a coach or you're in the upper management you're, you're trying to figure out what do we move forward with this team and he's not he's not giving them an answer that's it, not his fault it's, it's not his job I think then it creates it, it creates that line in the sand where you're like figure it out tell me what you need if you're here great if not then go do your. It's a business. That's what do y'all do say teams, to players, and right? Look at the stars. What your
3: Aquarius stuff Mike, when you, know. when you cut a player, you're like, it's a business, right? Yeah. So Aaron can say, that. well, it's a business. Tough times it hurts. He has the last couple of years kind of tilting this to his advantage.
1: We'll Good for continue him. to follow Aaron's movements throughout the offseason, throughout the stars, wherever his travels <laughs> take him. But we're going to go do some basketball now because Tim Legler <laughs> is back with us and we're going to run the floor. Legs. Klay Thompson had 12 threes the a Warriors win. Are we starting to see the clay of old?
2: Yeah, we've been seeing it for a while now. And this is probably the most important thing that you can look into when you check out the Golden State Warriors because they can't win a championship or contend in the West without what we're seeing right now at a clay. This has been going on for about a month now, and he finally really erupted last night to remind people who he is.
1: Hey, Tim, I don't know if you heard, but Kyrie Irving got traded to the Mavericks. Uh, He arrived in Dallas yesterday. Can he be the difference for that team?
2: Yeah, he can be. Anybody with this kind of talent, you can't dismiss. But let's see it before we believe it, because this could be great or this could be a disaster if, if Luca and Kyrie cannot figure out a way to fit together. And it's really about Luca making that adjustment. His old team, the Brooklyn
1: Nets, lost last night to the LA Clippers. Is this Nets team built to make a playoff
2: run when Kevin Durant comes back? There's no question. I think they're absolutely a first round winner. I mean, I don't know, are they as good as Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly? Probably not. But I know this. If you need help with the trading deadline, Jacques Vaughn, just look down the end of your bench because Cam Thomas can yeah. flat out go. 91 points last two games. That's not a fluke. This is a guy that can probably give you 20 a night if you play him 30 minutes going down the stretch.
1: He has been stepping up and at a time when they absolutely needed him. I guess sometimes the answers come from places you don't expect. We have Nick Friedel joining us now, and Nick. You know, you're covering, you're covering the Nets. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Uh, you were you were there last you were there last night in the locker room. What can you tell us about uh, the latest on where things stand with Kevin Durant?
5: Guys, we're getting an update today on his status from the knee rehab. The Nets are hopeful that he'll be back on the floor here very soon. But that locker room, it was shocked last night because the finality of the Kyrie deal was setting in for everybody. And what I thought was most interesting is I've known Kevin and interviewed him for over a decade. I've covered him in two different places now the last few years. He is the most approachable star I've ever come across. Hmm. The game ends last night. A couple of the reporters and I are standing there waiting for Kevin to walk through to his car. I look at Kevin. I say, do you have anything you want to say? Not only does he not look at me, he blows right past everybody. And the PR people are kind of like, okay, He doesn't want to talk tonight. I've never seen Kevin, who enjoys the camaraderie and the conversation more than anybody I've covered, absolutely blow everybody off like that in the moment. So what do you think that means? I think he is fed up with all the conversation. Okay. He wants to try to push it away as much as he can, but I know this about Kevin Durant. He understands the circus of the NBA, the day-to-day, 24-7 coverage, and he expects that when he comes into any arena. The fact that he is pushing out everything here, I would imagine, until he sets foot on the floor or the trade deadline passes, is worth something because it tells me, having been around him this long, that he doesn't want to deal with any of it right now.
1: Should he, should he want out of Brooklyn at this point? I don't,
2: I don't think right now, Dan. I, okay. I think, look, if you're Kevin Durant, you're sitting back right now, you're processing this. First thing, get healthy. Get back on the court. Look at the new pieces that you have. He's not going to hate being you know, the absolute 100% focal point going forward in this short term. I think you've got to get to the summer. Let's see how this plays out the rest of the season. And I think you give management an opportunity to do something in the summer to bring in you know, another higher caliber player. But I think this team can still be the top four in the West and be a very dangerous team against the three teams that I mentioned, who, by the way, are, you know, Chris Middleton, who knows? He's dealt with this all season now. That's going to be a big impact on the Bucks. And then you've got Boston and Philly lurking there. I think Kevin Durant, with the group around him, could take their chances in a best-of-seven against those teams. They might lose, but I think it will give him a better feeling that they're closer than it looks right now after losing Kyrie.
5: And, Graz, all yeah. Kevin has ever talked about is wanting to play basketball. Dorian Finney Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, they fit with what he wants to do. The issue moving forward is what do the Nets do with Ben Simmons' contract? Because if you're trying to add another piece for Kevin Durant, I don't see how any team is going to help you and say, "Hey, we'll take Ben Simmons off your hands right now." Bobby Marks told us throughout the day, he just doesn't have Any value at the moment across the league as far as the trade is concerned.
1: What a thing to say about a guy that was uh, a year ago maybe one of the the potential prize acquisitions uh, for that team. Obviously the plan has not gone the way Brooklyn thought it would. Hey, who knows? Maybe Kevin Durant still makes something happen uh, this year. Moving out west, LeBron James of the L.A. Lakers getting close to his milestone. He spoke to ESPN's Michael Wilbon yesterday and was asked about the Lakers missing out on Kyrie, a player LeBron uh, wanted to bring to L.A. Listen to what he had to say.
5: I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win championships, in my in my mind, in my eyes. But my focus has shifted now. Um, my focus has shifted back to where it should be, and that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's the guys a quick that's pivot, LeBron. It's a quick pivot. Quick pivot. It don't take me long. It don't take me long.
1: Yeah, which is good. Obviously, you got to deal with what you have, not what you wish you had. But like we heard Woj, uh, Tim, yesterday tell us that it was more complicated for the Lakers to try and get uh, Kyrie Irving than it was for Dallas. It would have needed a three-team deal, move some contracts around. Isn't, is LeBron James not sort of responsible for that? Like, didn't he yeah. put this whole thing together?
2: He absolutely did. He, I don't think anybody out there can really feel sorry for the situation right. that LeBron James has found himself in. He, he, has, he has gone about orchestrating teams and situations ever since the day he left Cleveland the first time. So no one's going to sit there and cry a river for LeBron. He created this. These are the guys that he wanted to play with. Now, look, he might point to it and say, hey, you guys didn't give me a good enough supporting cast, but they've had three different versions of that supporting cast. So I think the front office has done what they can. Injuries to Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. have been the biggest single impediment to why we don't view the Lakers uh, as a legitimate contender in the Western Conference. You can't blame management for that.
1: Where do you think? I mean, where do you guys think the Lakers go from here,
5: Nick? Uh, they're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> go, right, go home. They, they could just take a break after LeBron gets his record. Davis had been on the floor. LeBron is at a very advanced stage. They're not gonna be able to land Kyrie or another difference-making player at this point. This team is done for the year as far as any kind of major expectations.
1: Well, it'll at least be fun to see LeBron chase down Kareem's record here this week. Uh, At least you have that to look forward to if you're a Lakers fan, uh, even if the team isn't going to make it where it wants to go. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Tim. We come back, we're gonna do some more football. Lamar Jackson is on the clock. Who should blink first in Baltimore? Our analysts are divided about this, and we will discuss it with them when we come back. We are four weeks away, believe it or not, from the deadline for teams to use the franchise tag for this year, NFL teams that is, and one name to keep an eye on, the name everyone's keeping an eye on, is that of Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, uh, a strong candidate for that franchise tag as he and the team have been unable to reach agreement on a long-term contract. Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey was asked by a fan on Twitter if he did any recruiting of players while at the Pro Bowl, and his response (laughs) said, every time I try, I'm met with are y'all going to pay Lamar, which is a very interesting reaction. Uh, It tells you that uh, players around the league and on Lamar's own team are curious about when and whether uh, a deal can get done. We've been through this the last two off-seasons. They have not reached an agreement, and as I mentioned, he's a candidate for the franchise tag if they don't. How important, Mike Tannenbaum, is it for the Ravens to get this deal done
0: soon? It'd be great. It we give them long term certainty in terms of team building. We all know they need another receiver. So if you get this piece in place, then you could certainly go out either in free agency or a trade and try to get the best receiver you can. As we know, any receiver is gonna say, lose your quarterback. So this is not only gives Lamar Jackson the security he's deserved and earns, but from a macro team building standpoint, guys, like that certainty allows you to do everything else that Marlon Humphrey just alluded to
3: not not very many players free agent players in football have a bunch of choices but the ones who have a bunch of choices are the best ones and those ones are looking for opportunities where not only they can get paid but they can succeed so yeah the longer you wait on Lamar Jackson the more difficult it makes it to uh, build your team and then the, the other side of that is the more you pay Lamar Jackson the less you have to offer free agents but it's it's how you build teams like it's not a new thing it's something that the Ravens had to do in the past and every team has to do is figure out how to make the um, contracts work to be successful but no matter what you do whatever magic you work with the cap it doesn't matter if that man's not working magic on the field so you need to figure out how to get him locked up and comfortable enough to play to the best of abilities on, on Sundays
1: if you're a player deciding where you want to play like how when you how closely do you look at who the quarterback is and how long they're going to be there yeah
4: I, I mean I was on a team where veteran players would come play for us because they wanted an opportunity to play with a great quarterback. So that's everything. And if you've been on a team with a bad quarterback, you understand how bad it is. So if you are the Ravens, you have this franchise guy right there. Just go sign him. Do the right thing and sign him because what he has brought to this organization, I I think that if you sign him right now, you understand it gives you long-term stability that this is going to be our guy, and then you can go out and get the pieces that you need to go get. He was looking
1: last year for a fully guaranteed contract along the lines of what the Browns gave to Sean Watson. The team has made it clear they don't Want to do that? Should should he or they?
3: No, I mean I, it's, a little bit? it's principles on both sides, and both of yeah. them I can understand. But I'm always going to side with the player in these in these situations. So I'm completely biased because what he's doing for this team, I think, is much more difficult to find than what he's looking for. He's looking for someone to commit to him. There's a bunch of teams who need quarterbacks. They'll be willing to commit to him. They're not a bunch of MVP level quarterbacks on the free agent market. Uh, they're zero. So, like, I think that he has the leverage in this situation and they should probably end up capitulating.
0: You know what's really interesting to me? If the Ravens give him the non-exclusive tag, which is about $32 million, would there be a team that gives up two first-round picks to sign him? you know, a team like Atlanta who they feel they may be close? I think that would be really interesting. It's been a long time since we've seen that happen. Didn't the 49ers
3: trade a bunch of picks for uh, uh, uncertainty? Like, lots of people trade picks to get quarterbacks that they hope are good. You can trade a couple picks and get a guy that you know is great.
1: Which is why a couple years ago when Dallas was franchising Dak Prescott, they used that exclusive tag, and I would think the Ravens would too, but if they don't, you're absolutely right. Definitely worth watching. All right, it's time for some NFL overreactions. We're going to put one minute on the clock and ask a question, and each of our analysts is going to get to weigh in. So here's the first one, overreaction or not. Raiders, the Raiders will regret moving on from Derek Carr. Mike Tannebaum, you start.
0: Yeah, that's an overreaction. He threw too many consequential interceptions last year. They're going to have plenty of options to uh, be paired with Josh McDaniels, so I think Derek Carr was a good player, but he is certainly replaceable.
4: I don't think they're going to regret it at all. So they move on from them. They go and find somebody else. We'll see what they do in this offseason. There's a big time name that loves the stars that they've been talking about. So we'll see if they get that guy. I don't know.
3: Yeah, it'll be hard to be able to. um, Right now, it's easy to say that they're going to regret it because they don't have a guy right now that is as, as good as Derek Carr or as accomplished as Derek Carr. We'll see what happens when we get close to the season. But I tend to think, given the results from last year, that they are more than happy to move on. But they're in this weird position where they've paid Adams a great deal of money and committed to him. They're they're treating this roster like it's win now when it doesn't feel like it's win now. Yeah. And why would you send your quarterback, your best quarterback away when you're trying to go after something, uh, go make a championship run? So we'll see who they who they land. But right now it doesn't seem good.
1: Right to do it to get rid of their car and not have a plan for the replacement. We'll see how that turns out. Let's keep it with the Raiders. If I said Jimmy Garoppolo is a better option for them than Aaron Rodgers is, is that an overreaction or not? <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's an over. It's an overreaction. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> like, what do we do? He knows I mean, the, I, the I coach mean, like and Jimmy you know. G, I love Jimmy G, but it, it's Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's yeah, not even. You know, that's uh, Jimmy G's, cheaper, G's been hurt, yeah, play longer. Know, ACL, foot, I think all the yeah, things that you have with health, like, right. you go with Aaron Rodgers.
3: The only yeah. argument for a Jimmy Garoppolo is you would yeah. have more cap space to yeah, to playbook. do other things. Yeah, and, and knowing the playbook, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I. He that's, understands Josh McDaniels, that's fine, but that doesn't seem to, yeah, this seems to be, obviously, you would rather have Aaron Rodgers in this situation, yeah. all of us would. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I, I think he's he's probably elevated, our opinion of him is elevated because of his his record, but we've seen them play, and it's not great.
0: Yeah, I'll make it a clean sweet. You know, there is one mathematical formula in every GM's office, production equals tolerance. You deal with a lot with Aaron Rodgers, but that production makes it all worthwhile so on his worst day he's still better than jimmy g on his best day
1: all right well we'll see i mean obviously garoppolo has the connection there with josh mcdaniels i don't know what his sign is we have to dig (laughs) into that and see if he's a better fit uh, for the raiders in the meantime one more if i said joe burrow should wait to sign an extension so they can sign the guys around him t higgins jamar chase is that an overreaction or not
3: uh, yes, it's an overreaction. I think that if they roll that contract out to you and it is big and it's what you want and it's you have all the guarantees that you like, you absolutely sign that. I think getting the when you are the quarterback, you're going to be the biggest piece and take out the biggest chunk of the salary cap, and then you work around that.
1: Well, I guess my premise is if they don't, right? If they're if, they, if it's right. not that simple,
3: yeah. Is so, it mean, okay waiting? Then the the point of waiting is to exercise some leverage to force them to sign those guys. Uh, if you're going to wait, then you'll have you'll have to be ready to. Wait and wait and wait and force yourself all right. the way to free agency, which I think is unlikely. Yeah, overreaction.
4: Uh, <laughs> like, With hey, that money. how much? $60 million? Okay, a year? Yeah, I'll sign that. Yeah, we'll, we'll,
0: who are we
3: going to have? I'll make them better. He made it clear that, that um, as long as he's there, they got a chance. Yeah, so it doesn't there, matter. The window I mean. is
0: never clear. I actually think he should wait. I would see that T. Higgins gets signed, which should happen between now and training camp, and there will be a window to get his deal done. But if I'm Joe Burrow, one of my superpowers is, This incredible offense, I want to keep as many of those pieces as possible. A lot of big decisions coming for the Bengals this offseason and
1: next as they try to keep their outstanding team together and continue to try and make those Super Bowl runs. Here's our next ACC-SEC Super Tuesday doubleheader. It is tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. We have North Carolina taking on Wake Forest. We have Kentucky hosting Arkansas tonight. Coming up on Get Up, it is Peyton's place now in Denver as Sean makes it clear that he is the boss. We will hear the direct message he sent to his new quarterback when we come back.